Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us again on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kipnis. You know, we always talk about tips and tricks and lessons that you can learn on the entrepreneurial journey. I mean, that's the whole premise of the podcast is what can you learn in your business to survive and thrive? But as an entrepreneur, you can have all the, all the lessons, you can have all the rules, people can tell you what to do, but there's nothing that is better than a little good hard work and hustle, especially when you're getting started. You need to want it and you need to go after it. And that's where the, all the lessons that we learn can really take you to the next level. And that's what we're going to really dig into today. My guest has, uh, has done that. He, he started small and grew big and now he's scaling up. And so we're going to dig really into that today. Um, as you all know, the show is brought to you in part by powertexting.com and C-Suite Radio. Powertexting.com gives away one free hotel stay to one of 17 four or five star resorts around the world. Um, and one lucky listener is going to win that. So stay tuned for more information on that. As we talk about how to build your business, how to get more clients, how to scale up your business as we're gonna do today, um, getting new clients is always a key. And if you're in need of clients and you're in need of marketing help, um, I recommend that you grab my free book at freebookfromadam.com. It is eight steps to growing your business without spending money on marketing or advertising. It is step-by-step. Step. It is exactly what you need to attract more clients into your business. So jump on that. Um, nothing to buy, just a free book that's really easy and step-by-step step for you. Today's guest has been creating his future since 2010, starting with a small martial arts studio of 10 students and growing into five businesses, serving over a thousand customers and revenues in the seven figures. He really is a big thinker and inspired dreamer and a serial entrepreneur who's excited to start new ventures, uh, generate jobs in his community and develop and mentor future leaders and business owners. He creatively explores the ultimate potential when studying and seizing an opportunity. He is the classic entrepreneur that started on his own, built it up, and now is scaling and helping other business owners do the same. Mario Cesario is our guest. Thanks for joining today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. I am so excited to be here with you today. And um, thank you for that intro. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, no, it's super fun to talk. I mean, we talked a few weeks ago a little bit about what you do, but. Um, and I know this is only audio, but behind him, he's got a work harder poster, um, something that keeps him driven every day when he comes into the office on furthering himself and furthering his clients. But Mario, when you started um, your first studio, 10 students, you know, what got you going? Was this a dream forever or, or how did it come about? Yeah, it's a great question, you know, and I, I always um, take the opportunity to, to, you know, to think back. It's almost... Uh, well, just about 10 years that I've been working, quote unquote, for myself or, you know, being an entrepreneur. And I now looking back, I can remember different moments um, just being a kid or, you know, in my teenage years where I demonstrated entrepreneurial 
things, never realizing that that was something that was so important to me and ultimately going to lead me to the path that I'm on now. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, in you know, in middle school, we were fundraising, and they would give you like the the candy boxes to go out door to door and you know raise money for you know whatever it was. Um, I would tell myself, all right, these candies are they're three bucks. If I sell it for four, then I get to keep a dollar. And yeah, that makes me an entrepreneur. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like little little things like that along the way. When I think back, you know, I, I realize that I, I definitely had that um, that drive, that entrepreneurial drive, and not necessarily you know take, uh, charging an extra dollar for selling candy, but looking at something and trying to create more of an opportunity out of it. And, That's cool. So so it was in your head all along. Yeah, it, it, there's there's instances like that. Like I said, when I when I think back and. I realized, okay, you know, this is definitely something that's always been a part of me. Um, then fast forward to uh, 2010, when I did open my first uh, martial arts studio, this was something that was not um, planned or expected. You know, it's not like it was a long-term goal that I had always set out for. Um, I was a martial artist from, you know, 12 years old. It's something that I did practically every day of my life. And for a short while, I had a, a, a job uh, in finance. And that is um, when I realized that that's not the goal that I had and that's not the career path that I wanted to be on. So I actually started teaching lessons um, out of a basement of a church. And I would go, to round, go around door to door, literally knocking on doors, telling people, I'm the new martial art instructor in town putting flyers on cars and it actually got people to come in. And, you know, that was the, the beginning of, of that first studio there. Um, we're just celebrating uh, in a couple months, our, our 10 year anniversary. We have hundreds of students that are part of that studio. Now, obviously we're out of basement, but yeah, that that's exactly how we started. Um, you know, real humble beginnings and doing whatever we could to get out there in the community and, you know, just start building this thing up. That's cool. So I'm putting, we'll put studio in sort of air quotes um, for the first one. And so you got a few clients and, um, you know, put a, a few dollars in your pocket, but what, you know, where did you scale up from there? Like how, how did the beginnings of an actual business take place? Yeah. So it's interesting because um, I actually had very, very little idea about business at all. I had zero idea how to run a business. I was good at teaching martial arts and I loved doing that. Um, but I had no idea how to run a business. So as I was teaching these classes and more people were coming in week after week, I realized that if this was going to continue, I had to like learn to put some structure to it. And that's when I started doing my own education, reading books, going online, you know, figuring out what the next step was going to be for us. And it really happened somewhere within a relatively short amount of time. Like I would say six months, uh, we had saved up enough money to, you know, lease an actual space, put an actual curriculum and program together. So as we were attracting more clients and they were coming in, there was a, you know, a path for them in the martial arts studio. And the more that I started focusing on that, the easier it became to um, build it up as an actual business and not just a guy in a basement teaching martial art classes and 
you know, then, and, and whatever happens, happens. I started realizing I need to have a goal. I need to start working towards something if this is going to be successful. So where did the, um, I, I guess the actual business take off? Like you, you were in, in the basement of the church, you had students and were you still working at the time you were doing that? Or did you, did you cut all ties to the job and this, yeah, no, this I, first class was really the beginning? Yeah, that first class was really the beginning. I didn't have a job at that time. This was like a thing that developed because I needed to, you know, make money. I wasn't working. And this was something that I felt like I could be very good at. And like I was saying before, when I started really focusing on how can I take this and build a business out of it, that's when we really started, you know, taking off attracting more clients, building a culture in our community that, you know, helped us really build, develop a reputation that just attracted more and more clients. So it was really a balance between designing the business. And for me, it was like designing it as I was going along because I didn't really have any experience beforehand. You know, I didn't go to school for, you know, business or business management or anything like that. And being really passionate about what I did. So that balance between those two things is really what allowed us to scale up in the martial arts studio. And then a few years later, another you know, opportunity came where um, I uh, learned about a fitness program. It's a fitness franchise called The Max Challenge. It's an amazing company. Um, and they help, you know, we, they help so many people across the country. It's a national franchise. So that was um, somewhere about five years into me running this martial arts studio, you know, building it up, learning the ins and outs of, <clears throat> excuse me, customer service and, you know, just really providing a great product that people were benefiting from and providing them a lot of value. And then when the um, Max Challenge opportunity uh, presented itself, it's something that I felt like I was very prepared for because already for, you know, five years we had been in this service based business, you know, per, like I said, providing a lot of value and it just seemed like a really great fit. I love that. And, and, and doing these interviews on, on the show, um, a number of entrepreneurs I talk to um, find other businesses, like they have one and they get it going and they have another opportunity and then another opportunity you you've built your um your yeah. offering into five different businesses. How did you, how did you um, position yourself both mentally and time-wise to take on another business and then the future businesses that you did without losing the focus on the first one? Right. And, and that right there, I think, is the, the exact question on how do you make that transition from being a um, self-employed, like quote-unquote solo entrepreneur to a real entrepreneur where you're creating a system that can provide a lot of value and quality for your clients, but also provide you as the owner that freedom to continue to scale up. And that is a lesson that even now to this day, I mean, still learning. I mean, it's, it's a journey and a process for sure. And the journey has, you know, been uh, filled with highs and lows and, uh, things that have worked out better than I anticipated, things that have worked out way worse than I anticipated, 
but that, that is the entrepreneurial journey. So for me, it was understanding that you can provide an amazing service for people, which is what we do, but without a structure, without systems in place, it's impossible to scale it up. And I see that with a lot of the business owners and entrepreneurs that I work with today um, through my consulting company, you cannot just be very good at something. Your, your talent isn't enough to help you scale and build up a business. So for me, when I made that decision that I wanted to create more opportunities for myself, for my team, the people that you know work with me and have worked with me for years, it, it's difficult to do that when you have one successful business. There's not enough opportunity. So that's when I realized I can build this up. I can scale these companies up. We can help more people. And by default, I'm going to be able to really make a difference for my team as well. Not just our clients, but again, the people that are coming in day in and day out providing this amazing service. So if this is something that they want to dedicate their lives to, my job now as a CEO is to make it really meaningful for them. And it's more than just, you know, helping them to love their job. It's also providing a career path and, you know, financial opportunity. So in my mind, the bigger and the stronger I can build, use these systems to build our companies up, the more opportunity there is for them as well. And when I thought about that really deeply, it's exactly when I made the decision to dive deep into exactly where we were, work on the things that needed improvement to allow us to scale up. And part of that journey as well is allowing people to step up. And I see that as you know, one of those pitfalls for a lot of business owners as well. We have a really hard time letting go. And we know that usually we're the best ones to do a lot of the things that it you know, requires our companies to run. But when you start delegating and creating leaders within your company, you have to give them the opportunity to grow as well. Even if that means it won't be done exactly the way you would do it, or maybe sometimes as good as you can do it. But over the course of time, they'll definitely get better if you're leading them and coaching them and sticking to those systems that you know brought you that initial level of success anyway. I love that point. And it's the hardest thing for a, an a business owner to do uh, because there's, there's definitely a difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur in, in some ways in, in how we have to do things. And one of my favorite quotes is by Ernest Hemingway. And it says, the best way to find out if you can trust someone is to trust them. And you have to have trust in your staff and be that leader and visionary so they can do what they do best and what you taught them to do best. How did that go the first time you did that? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, that's, that's a great quote, you know, and uh, you, you, <laughs> it resonates with me so well because for me, I'm definitely more, especially back then when I was, you know, in the business day to day, definitely, a, you know, a perfectionist. So things as simple as why, why was the closet stock that way instead of this way, you know, like the, the little things that really don't matter, but we make them matter because, you know, that's what we're focused on. So there was plenty of instances where even 
I would say we lost business, you know, like we, we lost business because new people um, or not necessarily new employees, but you know, a, a team member in a new role um, is learning that process. And my mentality very quickly became, if you make a mistake, that's not an issue for me. I'd rather you learn from the mistake so we can really build up and get to the next level. So I started not expecting failure. The standards are definitely established and high, but understanding that for someone to be able to get to the next level in their own career, there are going to be mistakes that are made. So because I accept that, really what I'm focused on is, are we learning from those mistakes? And most times, your team wants to do better. They want to do a great job. They want to work with the clients at a really high level. They want to do great for the company. They just need the opportunity to do it. And when I think back to when I started and I was, quote unquote, the guy, the one doing all these things, I made plenty of mistakes as well. And it's really not different. And if you can wrap your head around that as a business owner, the long term, as, especially if your systems are established and strong and geared to success, guaranteed in the long run, it will be 100 times better than holding on to everything, wanting it to be perfect and not giving people the opportunity to learn and to grow. That's such a great point that in business, mistakes happen and you have to accept them. But if you have the systems in place and the training in place for your employees, you can grow from them. We're talking to Mario Cesario on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. As I said, powertexting.com is our uh, great sponsor and they give away a free trip. So anyone who wants to win that trip, please go, please go to podcasttrip.com and enter to win uh, 17 four or five star resorts. Uh, around the country and around the world to choose from. Mario, I, I know that uh, martial arts was your initial business and a business that you own today, but it's not the only thing that you do. But I want to dive into one quick thing on that. In your martial arts background and what you learned since the age of 12, how did the discipline within that help you in your business? Um, monumentally, <laughs> I would tell you without a doubt, um, again, uh, Adam, I didn't go to school. I didn't go to college to become, you know, uh, a business entrepreneur. Uh, I started from zero. And when I say zero, it's just in reference to the education in knowing what to do. I mean, that was a process I learned along the way, but martial arts is something that ever since I was a kid, it, it's something I really committed to. So that character development, discipline, focus, even confidence, you know, you don't know, there's a lot of times as an entrepreneur where you doubt yourself and you're not sure what the outcome of any decision is going to be, but you have to do it anyway. And we define discipline as doing what you have to do, no matter how you feel. And really simply, I think that's a great lesson for business as well. It's so easy to get distracted, to get stuck, to overanalyze and not take action. Those feelings, I don't know if they ever go away, but the discipline to feel it and still move forward, still push through, still provide as much value as you can, to me, that is one of the foundational things to be a successful entrepreneur. So without a doubt, martial arts definitely helped to shape me who I am as a business owner today. 
Very cool. And, and such a great point. You can um, find out more about Mario at Mario G Cesario, C-E-S-A-R-I-O.com. Uh, he's got a lot of great information on his website. And Mario, you um, transitioned. You still have your other businesses, but now you really focus on helping others that are just like I do, that are, are stuck and they need more information and, and they've got their business, but they're in it all day. Um, right. and, and they lose the benefit of scale. And so you help people scale up. So what, what are, you know, the first steps that someone can do to begin to scale up their business so they can step out of it and watch it grow and guide it versus running it? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, um, you know, just to that point, one, one of the things that I'd like to say, because for me, even, you know, it sounds like cliche, right, as, a, as an entrepreneur, but I feel like we all feel this way. Making an impact and really making a difference is the deep core why for all of the companies that I have, really helping people, moving them from one point to the next. So when I started working with business owners and entrepreneurs, I saw that as an opportunity to make an even bigger impact because they have their uh, customers, they have their teams. And, you know, it's just what we do as entrepreneurs to make the world a better place. To your question, <laughs> that's a very good question. There's a hundred different places that I think you could look at to really make a first move. Um, but I will say for me, um, it was really removing a little bit of the emotion from my business and looking at it more as a business. So what I mean by that is in my business, it's a, it's a location, right? So if this location was quote unquote done and it was exactly what I wanted it to be, what would it look like? And where was I today? So, uh, Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. It's an amazing book. I'm sure everybody's read. And if not, you definitely should. That last habit is begin with the end in mind. And that principle definitely uh, helped guide me in understanding why am I in business, you know, besides wanting to help people, wanting to build opportunities, like what is this going to look like when it's, when it's done, right? And just that um, focus right there, uh, removing the emotion to enhance the things that are broken and really instill systems that are geared to success, working toward that model of what will this look like if it was perfect, and then just really reverse engineering it from there. So when you look at you know sales and marketing, right? How is this company actually making money? How are we actually bringing customers in? When you look at your you know, team development and your systems, you know, just all the parts of, of running a business, there's a hundred different places you could start. And for me, it was just, what is this gonna look like when it's done? Where am I at today? And what's gonna be my next step to put a system so that I don't have to be the one doing everything. And goes back to that like old saying, how do you eat an elephant you know, one bite at a time? It's a process. It's not something that happens overnight, but when you're clear on the direction you're moving in, it definitely happens and you start to build that momentum, build that traction and develop a company that can serve people at a high level that people love to work in and you are not, you know, uh, captive to where you can't get sick or can't go on vacation because without you, the business fails. To me, that's not a business and it's something so many of us experience because there is no magic formula. 
But for me, scaling up, that was the first uh, area that I focus on. And I've done it at this point, you know, four times in my locations as I'm building my new company now. It's definitely something that I've, uh, you know, focused on from the beginning to build it up correctly, you know, and, and ultimately do it faster than I've done with the other ones. No, I, th I think it's great that, that you said you need to be clear on where you want to go and that now that you're building another new company, you, um, you know in the beginning how to plan for it properly. If right. many of our listeners have a business and they're in it and they're working on it, so they can't start from the beginning and do it right. <laughs> um, but what, what about those people? Like how, do, how does someone begin to begin to remove themselves and quote unquote, do it right. Um, so they can scale up. Right. And uh, so what I would say to that is first, you've got to kind of audit exactly what situation you're in right now. Right. So, um, even something as simple as like an organizational chart, right? What, what, what are all of the positions that this company or this business requires? Okay. So in my industry, you know, you have the owner, you have some type of management level, and that could be one or two positions. Then you have, you know, different positions that are actually doing more of like the, the tactical part. It's the same thing if you, let's say, have a, a restaurant or a bakery, right? You're great at baking, but you're also baking, you're doing the invoices, you're meeting with customers, you're meeting with vendors. So if you are sketching out what your organizational chart looks like for all the positions required to run this company to the point where it's quote unquote done and you're going to be really profiting from it. What do all of those positions look like? Then write your name in all of the boxes of all of the positions that you're currently doing. And then from there, you know exactly, because if you start at the bottom of that list, who your next hire should be, right? If you're gonna bring on somebody to take on this work that you're doing right now that you shouldn't be doing because it's not the most important work, then that's your, that's your next hire. So for me, it was really identifying what all these positions in this company need to be, which ones I was doing, and who do I need to put in place next? So that process, especially when you're starting out, that may mean that you're actually going to make less money or make less profit personally because now you have to pay somebody else to be in this role. But what it does buy you is time. Because if you're bringing on somebody that's gonna take on certain responsibilities that you as the business owner should not be doing, you're gonna now have time. And maximizing that time to make more money to fill the next role is part of you know, what, what I teach and how that process has worked for me to really start to scale up. Because at the end of the day, if you are doing everything, there's no way that you can scale up. And truthfully, there's no way that the business is gonna really last without you. If something happened to that person, you know, again, even just like you're sick, if, you're, if you get sick and your business is gonna suffer because of that, it's a really dangerous place to be in. And, Again, I don't think that's what owning a business is all about. If anything, you've just, you, you own a, your job because you're, you're, you're stuck there. And I don't think anybody gets into business or wants to be an entrepreneur for that reason. 
but it does happen to a lot of us. That is gold right there. So everyone who's listening, go, go back and rewind that section right there. The way, Mario, that you just outlined that org chart, and, and I do strategic planning. I do one-day sessions with my clients where we sit yeah. down and we do that very thing. And, and that's something that um, I, lo- I just love the way that you put that. Because if you know all of the different roles, some of them may not be filled. Some of them may not really be thought of in the day-to-day until you right. sit down and do that. And so outlining it in the way that you just positioned it there is what this show is all about. So I appreciate you awesome. for that because that is a perfect thing for everyone to do in their business um, because we all do wear a lot of hats right. and, and we don't think of taking that hat off until normally it's too late, right? We're, we're overwhelmed and we figure out that we need to take this hat off, but you strategically just laid it out right that. I love that. So now you've transitioned. Now you're, you're speaking. Now you're getting in front of business owners and um, telling your story so they can learn from you and, and then hire you. How do you go about finding your clients? Most entrepreneurs need more clients um, to drive revenues, right? It's yeah. always searching for that next client. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and you're 100% right. Like, like customers, they're the, the lifeblood of, of our businesses, right? If, if, if we're not attracting clients and the company, our companies aren't making money, we're not, we don't have a successful company. And, and that's, you know, that's a, a struggle that I think everybody wants to avoid. So for my actual um, locations, what we do to attract new customers, it's a variety of different things, you know, marketing in, on its own and advertising, it really is a, a fundamental um, foundational piece of any business, right? So besides the typical things of, you know, whether it's, our social media marketing and our, our Facebook ads and Instagram ads and our community outreach, you know, and things like that, because, you know, again, it's for, for our business, it's a location. So we're like, who are all of our customers in a five mile radius or a 20 minute drive? So even knowing that I think is important, you know, where do your customers come from? Where are they? Where do they live? You know, really knowing in your head who your ideal client is. So I'll give you a, a quick example, even in just like our martial arts studio, um, we know what parents look for when they want to sign their children up for martial arts. So besides building an amazing, uh, culture and providing a great experience so that our members refer other members, our marketing is based on exactly what our customer is looking for. And I'll tell you this, Adam, it's not always just the benefits, but it's also what are the, what, what are their pains? And I think that that's such an important area to focus on as well. If a parent, for example, wants their child to, let's say, have more confidence, right? The benefit is them looking for more confidence because they're going to feel better, they're going to act better, you know, and all those good things. But what are, what's the detriment of not having confidence when you're a kid? So those are the things that we speak to because no parent wants their kid to, you know, be, to be picked on and to be bullied or to eat alone at lunch or to, you know, feel bad, especially, you know, with this, uh, you know, new social media bullying, like it's a whole different world nowadays, but we talk about those things and the pains and not just the benefits. So it's the same in, in my uh, consulting business because 
entrepreneurs, they go into business with a vision in mind of achieving success, building wealth, helping people, all these great things. But as we go through it, we learn a lot of what the other side of that coin looks like, where it, it can be difficult, it can be discouraging, it, it can fail. So no one wants to experience that, but yet it happens every single day. So if you're in business right now and you don't feel like you're getting exactly what you want out of it, you feel lost, you feel paralyzed, you feel stuck, that is the, like you said before, at that point, it, it, you're already, you know, it's, it's not like it's too late, but you're already past the point where something should have changed. So like, you got to learn to take action now. So the customers that I work with, my clients, um, a lot of them are even in my own community. Um, I meet people online. I get messages all the time from business owners if they've heard me speak or you know heard a podcast like this where exactly what we've been talking about is, is where they are. And that's how I know that the work that we do is so important because entrepreneurs, I really believe, are the people that change the world. But there's no manual on how to do it perfectly. So if you have all the right uh, skills, but you don't know how to you know, get to the next level, um, working with myself, working with someone like yourself, having a mentor, having a coach, I think it's absolutely instrumental. I've had coaches and mentors in different areas along the way, and I, I can't tell you how pivotal it's been for my own success and really the success of my companies, and in turn, our employees, and in turn, our customers. And that just goes back to really making that really big impact, that, that big footprint or handprint on the world of making a difference. Coaching, mentoring, I think is so instrumental in that. I think you just nailed it right there. And that, that's a great place to wrap up in, um, in the, the power of having that thought partner with you along the journey, no matter where you are, if you're stuck, if you feel like you're broken, there is a way out of it and there are people here to help. Uh, Mario, I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate the time and the nuggets you just dropped are worth thousands to people who are listening. Uh, so Thank people so take much, note. Man. Everything he said is great. Thanks again for being here. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you, sir. You got it. And thanks everyone for listening to today's episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA. You can follow Mario at mariogcesario.com. Uh, follow me on Instagram at, at Adam Kipnis. Thanks for joining us and being loyal listeners to the show. Uh, hope you got some great nuggets out of today's. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>